Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. Amen. Good morning, church. How are you doing here this morning? Praise God. We are starting, as you have seen the video, a new series called The Parables. It's going to be a five-week series starting today. Glad to have every one of you here today. If you're visiting, we welcome here you here. Thank you for coming to worship with us. We're God Tabernacles every Sunday in a movie theater. Amen. Doesn't matter where it's at. We're two more gathered in His name. It can be Walmart. It can be HEB or wherever. He is there with us. He will manifest himself even more when we call out to him. Parables, I want to give you kind of a definition. You know, what are parables? Why did Jesus tell stories? And definition here is is a story that demonstrates a truth using comparison or simile. This is something I came up with last night. It's taking something natural, part of everyday lives that you and I can relate to and understand to bring light to a spiritual truth. It's taking something that's familiar and uh, explaining something that's unfamiliar. So we're going to read Luke chapter 8. We're going to be talking about the sower. Uh, You know, Luke chapter 8, there's other gospels that give the same account of this. And Matthew, if you have time later this week, read Matthew chapter 13. Look at Mark chapter 4. Talks about the similar things of the gospels, still comparisons of the gospel. But we're going to be in Luke chapter 8 here today. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about here this morning. And so before we read, let's, let's all bow our heads and, and honor God by praying to him. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that <clears throat> by your grace and mercy, Lord, that you have given us the ability to understand your word, Father. Lord, that it's not hidden from us. The mysteries of God, the kingdom of God, that is a mystery to the world, Lord, has been presented to us that we can know the things. We can go forward in your kingdom. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that the spirit of the truth is present here today to reveal truth, who's authored the truth, but is going to reveal it and turn the light on for us, to be able to shed light on what we need to understand, what the spirit is trying to say here this morning to each one of us. I pray this morning, Father, Lord, that each one of us here today would examine ourselves, would examine our hearts, would examine our motives and where we are with you. Are we seeking your will, Father? Are we looking for your will? Are we wanting to do that that pleases you? We praise you, Father. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, for all the fruit that will be born today. We get careful to give you the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Luke chapter 8. It says right here in verse 4, it says, And when a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to hear from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. It was trampled down. The birds of the air devoured it. Verse 6, some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it, And choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. 
And when he says, he who has ears, let him hear, I'm not just talking about the side of your head here this morning. It's talking about your spiritual ears. Do you, are you listening? When you come to church and you hear a message brought out and when God is, you believe that God's speaking and using a vessel to speak through, do you intentionally listen? Do, do you deliberately listen? Do you focus and listen? He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. It reminds me of a story when I was young, back in the 70s. I was probably eight or nine years of age, and, and uh, my uncle, Ernest, uh, we would go deer hunting. Me and my dad and him would go hunting. He had this big old, well, he had a white truck back in the, yeah, I, it was probably like 74, 75, Ford or Chevy. I can't remember. It seemed like it was always white. But I remember we'd take a two-hour drive to Normandy, Texas. I lived in Houston, Texas in the Aldine area. We would drive two, two hours up to Normandy, Texas. And along that way, my Uncle Ernest, you have to know, he was a character, all right? Bubba gets his size from him. Uh, uh, he, uh, he, was, he was something. And so I remember sitting in the front seat between him and my dad, and he had a CB radio. Now, I know some of you here that are born with an iPad in your hand do not even understand or have a clue what a citizens band radio is. CB radio was, back in that day, was truck drivers used them as they're going across the country. They would communicate, and that's how you communicate. And they had a lingo. They had things that they would say. How many of you remember they say, what's your 20? You know, that means what's your location? 10-4, uh, good buddy, right? And I remember he, he, his handle, he, you know, he changed handles, you know, all the time. But I remember it once, it was E.T., you know, Ernest Taylor. And so they call himself E.T., this is E.T., and he could talk. He had the gift of gab, I tell you. And uh, Dean will tell you, because when we got married, she, she found out who Uncle Ernest really was. And so we were driving down the road, and he would get on there and say, this is E.T., and he would get driving. And what you were doing is before, they call them police scanners, all right? Back in my day, fuzzbusters, okay? That's what you used. Because as they were going forward and say they're like, you know, 20 miles ahead of you, they could tell you if there's any bears out there. You know what bears are? They're, they're the law enforcement. Speed traps. Is there any Smokies out there? Smokey the bear, right? Bears wall to wall. How many of y'all remember that song? You go, if you know that song, you're telling on your age. But I remember him, and, and he, would, he would talk on that CB, and I was just a little kid. I was probably eight and just, just memorized by watch, watching him speak. And uh, I remember that he put the mic down, and after a while, they go, Hey, E.T., what's your 20? And maybe he had trouble getting to it, not quick enough. And the next thing they would say is, Hey, E.T., you got your ears on. Turn to your neighbor here this morning and say, Do you got your ears on? That means that you're not just listening, you know, but you're hearing, you're observing what is going on here this morning. That's what Jesus is saying. He says, do you got your ears on? Do you have, do you know what the Spirit of the Lord is saying? He's communicating. See, God didn't have you just here this morning just for fellowship. Only though we are to fellowship one another, and that's part of it. We're to build one another up. But he expects to speak and you hear his word go out, and many of us, it's a different word for every, every one of you here, but he wants you to receive that and hear that, to know what God's word is having to say to you here this morning. Amen? Uh, a lot of your counseling can be taken care of right now. Huh? 
I've had folks before they want to cancel, and I'm like, you cancel if you come to church, because a lot of it can be fixed if you just come to church. Amen? I don't have to repeat myself over and over. So let's hear what the Spirit of God has to say here. So we read that. Let's look at verse 9. Luke chapter 8, verse 9. Then his disciples asked him, saying, what does this parable mean? Why, why, are you, why are you sharing this parable? And look at verse 10. He says, And he said to you, It has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It has been given to you. Raise your hand here this morning. If you're a born again believer, you got Jesus Christ and you got the Spirit of God living inside of you. You have been given the wisdom of God to know the mysteries of God. And he says, to the rest, he says, to you it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it's given in parables that seeing they may not see, you know what that means? Their eyes are open, but they're not seeing anything. And hearing they may not understand means their ears are open, they're hearing, but they're not receiving what they're hearing. So here's the thing here this morning. God reveals himself to us by his spirit. Did you know that? God is revealing by parables because there are people out there that come in the natural, don't have a spirit of God in them, and so he has to present it in a way that they can understand spiritual truth. Let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We got it up there. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. This is Paul talking to the church at Corinth. He says, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak of the wisdom of God in a what church? The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for if they had known, they had not crucified the Lord of glory. If the devil knew what was going to happen, about Jesus defeating the grave and resurrected, he wouldn't, he wouldn't stir up that crowd to crucify the Lord. But it is written, I has not seen nor ear has heard nor has entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. But God has revealed them to us through what? His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all the things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. When you get born again, when you ask Jesus Christ, that you knew that he paid your sin debt, you've been set free, you're born into the kingdom of God. When you accept the free gift of righteousness, you're born into the kingdom of God. And the spirit of God lives down inside of you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave lives down inside of you. That ought to make you feel happy here this morning. The spirit of God that what we might know the things that God has been freely given to us. Amen. Did I go any further than that? How many of the light bulb goes on for you? How many times have you been in here and you hear the word go out being preached and you're like, I get that. I understand that. 
I understand that. Raise your hand if that's happened before. Raise the other hand and give glory to God. Amen? Let me tell you why. Because you didn't get that on your own. The natural man does not receive the things of God because he's spiritually discerned. You can't figure this out because this word is alive, folks. Quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. This word can change your life, transform your life. It's not words in a mere book. This is the breathed word of God. And God gives you revelation. And, you, and it's the Holy Spirit that does the teaching. You can't brag on yourself. Matter of fact, a pastor can't even brag. Amen? You're just a vessel. Remind yourself when you preach, you're just a vessel and God can use a donkey. And I felt like many times I've been a donkey up here. <laughs> Praise God that he gives us revelation. Because there are things that the old that the prophets wanted to understand, but didn't understand. And God has blessed you to have the ability to understand now because the Spirit of God dwells down inside of you. Praise God. Glory to God. We can leave right now. And that'll be enough. Now, they ask him, why we can't understand this? And look at verse 11. Now the parable is this. Luke chapter 4, verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. What is it? This is seed. This word of God is a whole warehouse of seed. You got a whole bag of seed right here in your life. The promises of God are yes and amen. This is seed. This is perfect seed. You're not born with incorruptible seed, but perfect seed. The seed of God. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, it's because whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you've done that, it's because of that seed. It's because of that word. It's because of that faith in that. But look at this. It says, this seed is the word of God. So the word of God is perfect. And let me tell you something here this morning. If the word of God is not working in your life, you need to see where the seed's being placed. What kind of heart do you have? See, this, this, these grounds, we're going to be talking about four types of ground. And what this ground is, it is your heart, your soul. How does your soul receive the Word of God? Because if the Word of God is not working in your life, you can't blame the seed because the seed has everything in it, the potential of the kingdom of God to be yes and amen. We can't blame God. It's not the seed it's the soil. Do you know after preaching and being around circles for many, many years that, that a lot of people either blame God for everything or the devil for everything? But rarely look in the mirror and say, hey, the problem might be with me. Matter of fact, we got denominations, folks, that started because, they, because the Word of God's not working in their life. They say, God don't do that anymore. <laughs> God doesn't do that anymore. That is not true. Look, look at this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside, that's hard ground. Hard like plywood. Hard ground are the ones who what? Do they hear? They hear, right? The wayside, they hear. It's not they don't hear. Huh? They just don't got their ears on, right? They hear, but not with their spiritual ears. And look, they hear. They're the ones that hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word of the hearts lest they should believe and be saved 
So what do they do? They hear the word of God, they hear, they hear seed, and the sower goes out and sows seed, right? It's like this. Let's say this is her heart. It's sown, right? And they don't receive it. This hard ground is hard ground because it doesn't receive the word of God. It doesn't say it receives the word of God. Here's the word of God, but it doesn't receive it. It's like this. Now, many folks think this. They think, well, you know, we got to blame the devil because he went, he came along like the bird of the air and, and devoured it, stole the word. Well, the devil wants to steal the word, but you can't fully blame it on the devil. You know what you can blame it on? You're not receiving it. Your heart's like this. The devil comes immediately. You know, some folks go to church every Sunday, been doing it for 30 years, and this is what they do with the Word of God. Before they even leave the front door and get in the parking lot, the devil's already stolen it. And they're like, I give you permission because I don't receive this. Just take it. Come along and get it. Come quickly, devil. And we think, well, this is just unsaved folks that don't want to know the Lord. No, this is folks that know the Lord but don't receive his word. All of his word. This is not pick and choose me here this morning. This is not buffet style. If, the God, if God's word is not working in you, you know why? It's because you got your hand like this, your heart's like this. I don't receive it. You know there's denominations out there that says that, that miracles went away with the apostles? You know what that is? Right here. I'm not receiving it. I'll tell, I'll tell folks, I've had people fight me over sickness. Fight me over trials. I got sick one time. I told a, a, a gentleman that went to a denominational church, and I said, hey, you know, hey, he goes, how are you doing this morning? I said, I'm doing great. I was sick, but the Lord raised me up. And boy, he just got upset. Well, miracles went away. No, it didn't go, went away. It went away when your heart was like this. When you say, come on, devil, steal it. Take it. I'm not receiving it. Surely he bore our sickness and our pains. Isaiah 53. You hear that, but you got the opportunity to be like this. And say, I'm not taking it. I'm not receiving it. And guess what? It doesn't get planted. And you don't have it. Now, it says right here that, lest they, that the devil took it so they wouldn't believe, wouldn't have a chance to even germinate. Not a chance. But the reason he could get to it, folks, is because the heart's like this. And they went, he took it immediately. So they would not believe and be what? Now, most people look at this and say, well, there you go. That's unsaved, folks. That's lost, folks. That's folks that don't know the Lord. They resist. You know, they hear that God, Jesus Christ, died for their sins, that he came and paid uh, their sin debt on the cross and and, and they can live and be born again in Christ Jesus. That's the folks that, you know, like, no, we're not receiving that. Well, that is that too. But this word saved, when you look it up in the Greek, is so-so. It means more than just salvation. It means more than just being born again. Although it does mean that. But the Greek word means also healing, protection, deliverance, wholeness. You look it up. Go to your Strong's Concordance and look up saved in Luke chapter 8 right there, and it'll tell you all of this. It's very similar to the Hebrew word shalom, peace, wholeness, 
Amen. Nothing broken, nothing lacking. That's what God wants to have for you. But many folks are like, when you hear that right now, you're like this. And the enemy's just like, still before you even get out of here. Do not allow the enemy to steal God's word. It's truth. You know how I know Isaiah 53 is for sickness? And not just spiritual sickness, you know, but health and physical health. Because when you read the word of God in Matthew chapter 8, Peter's mother-in-law has fever. And Jesus comes and heals her of the fever. And then she starts cooking for him. And then he goes out and heals everybody in that community that it might be fulfilled. What the prophet Isaiah said, that surely he bore our sickness and took away our pain. So you got to receive that. You can't be like this. You can't be a denomination sitting there saying, we don't believe that. You, you know when that quit? When you stopped believing. When your heart got hard. Beware of not having a, a hard heart. Receiving with meekness, with meekness, with meekness, the engrafted word that's able to change and save your soul. Receive with meekness. The word can get in you and graft you and change your thoughts about things. Don't look at people's commentary and think, that's the gospel. A lot of commentary that's written. Listen, some of it you can subscribe to. Some of it you got to put on a shelf. Because some of them are saying things that don't line up with the word of God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? If he's healing Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, don't you think he's still doing it today? Don't let folks. See, folks can <laughs> assist the devil to steal the seed. Mm-hmm. You walk in there and they tell you, oh, it don't happen. That went away. That was just their pastor so the church could get kick-started. That's there for a benefit. Even in the old covenant, David, that knew that. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget all his benefits. He cleanses of all our iniquities. Oh, we all agree with that. I'm going to heaven. But he heals all of our diseases. Amen. David said that in the old covenant. We have a new covenant built on better promises. Hallelujah. The next ground, look at this. But the ones on the rock are those who. Everybody say, are those who. <laughs> when they hear, they receive the word with joy. And these have no root who believe for a while in a time of temptation fall away. Now, here's what's happening. These are ones that are like shallow ground. Everybody say, so you got hard ground. Everybody say shallow ground. It's got a rock underneath it. Little topsoil, got a rock underneath it. What's the difference between hard ground and shallow ground? Well, they receive the word with gladness, joyful, happy about it, emotional about it. But that's about as deep as they get is the emotion part of it. Huh? They have no depth. They have no commitment. Have you ever been around people that have no root? <laughs> no root people. Oh, gosh, they're hard to work with. Because there's no commitment. Why do they have no commitment? Because there's no root. Promise everything, deliver nothing. 
They're happy, amen. They're happy. They receive it with joy, but it's just emotional. But when trials come, because in Matthew it says, when trials come for the word's sake, when persecution comes for the word's sake, they fall away. They're gone. When the tough hits, you know what they do? Gone. They do not like James chapter 1, count it all joy when you fall into trials, knowing this, that the testing of your faith, they don't like their faith tested. You ever seen those guys before? Sometimes they come into churches and they set the woods on fire. The next thing you know, where'd they go? They're gone. Because they can't handle trials. They're not committed. They're shallow. Now, we can change that. The good news is we can change hard ground and we can change shallow ground. Not we. God can. If you ask him. But you can't be so profitable hardening your heart up like this at God. Because God will give you a while of being like that, and then he'll give you over to your own self. And that's a bad place to be. Shallow ground. No depth. No tenacity. No endurance. Remember Paul says, what you need of is endurance. None of that. The kingdom of God suffered violence and the violent take it by force. They don't have violent faith. They throw in the towel, they quit, they give up. You know, I heard on Fox the other day, news, a few weeks ago, that they did a poll with people entering the workforce. And they asked them a question about entering the workforce and they said that, and this is their response, over 51% said this. 50 or 51 said they are not emotionally ready to enter the workforce. They're not emotionally motivated to go to work. And then they had another poll that they said the ones who did enter the workforce that went ahead and jumped out there and did it, say they experienced burnout once a week. That was 51% burnout once a week. You know what motivated me to go to work? I like to eat. <laughs> I like to stay dry. I like a roof over my head. That's what motivated me. That is people, we're raising a generation with no root. Parents, don't do everything for your children. Every time they get in a struggle, don't just bail them out and help them out. I heard on Facebook too, this, I was watching Facebook, I saw this little guy and he was driving in the truck. I thought, this might be pretty good. One of my cousins shared it. So I looked at it and talked about this man that he needed to get some cement. And when he went to get some cement, there was another guy pulled up that had the cement that he needed, piled up in the back of his truck. He says, let's just switch it over. We don't have to go check it in. You just, we'll just put it over. And so he started helping him put the cement into the other guy's truck. And so there's a guy with his son, who's about nine years of age, eight or nine, and he's back there, and as they're all picking up the cement and putting it in the truck, where there's one left up in the very front, and so the man starts to get up in there, and, and, and the, the father of the boy turns to the boy and says, you get up there and get that son. You know how much cement weighs, right? 80 pounds, right? And so a nine-year-old kid, eight or nine-year-old kid, that's, he was wrestling it. And the guy is telling this story, what happened. He says, 
he, you know, you can tell he's struggling with it. And he's pulling on it. I'm feeling sorry for him. I mean, this kid is, you know, he's just moving it inches. And he said, I started to jump up in there. And, and the father goes, no, you leave him alone. He needs to learn how to struggle. Because if he doesn't, he says, everything in life that comes along that is a struggle, he wants somebody to bail him out. We need to teach our children to have root. Amen? And they're not going to have root if they see mommy and daddy don't have root. See, in times of trouble, what are you made out of? You know what you're made out of by times of trouble. Are you steadfast? Nothing moves you? See, God doesn't use mushrooms in the Bible. And he shall be planted like a mushroom. God doesn't use tumbleweed. God uses trees. Rooted and planted. See, you know what you're made of is when a trial comes along, the testing of your faith produces patience. When a trial comes along and you bend all the way over in that storm, mm, and you pop back up. That's, <laughs> you got some root. You're rooted and grounded in love when someone offends you and says something that makes you all upset, but you let it roll off of you like water on a duck's back. You let it be water on the bridge because you love the person more than the offense. Right? You know how you get rid of offense? Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Get in the word. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the path of sinners, or sits with the seed of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his word he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, whose leaf will not wither, and will produce fruit in its season. Do you have a root? Are you shallow ground? Are you hard ground? Or are you crowded ground? Everybody say crowded. crowded. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they heard, go out and choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. So the problem is not the seed, right? They receive the seed, but they're crowded. It's not the soil, it's the crowd. When the sower is sowing the word, there's a crowd already there. And the problem is when God's word gets down in that soil and it wants to develop and grow, there's no capacity for it to do because there's so much competition everywhere else. See, there's a lot of gods already there. Oh, pastor. Whatever you worship is a god. You think engraving images, you know? No. People... Worship things. They worship since the time, beginning of time, the creation more than the creator. Look at it this way. God gave you that job. God gave you that raise. God gave you that promotion. God gave you the money to buy that boat. And now you use it every Sunday. You're worshiping things more than the creator. 
more than the source. You worship the resource more than the source. Seek ye what? The kingdom of God, the king of the kingdom, and his right way, his righteousness. And all these things. See, God wants you to have stuff. He said, I want stuff to have you. God wants you. Money's not bad, folks. We need money. Money's not evil. It's the love of it. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. The deceitfulness of riches and the lust of things go hand in hand and they pull us away. See, if you got a crowded garden, you got a crowded heart, you got many gods there, well, well, you'll drop what's holy and take what you value. Oh, I like Sundays on the golf. Oh, it's about my time to start grilling. Grill after you get home from church. But I'm cooking a brisket, Pastor Arthur, and started on Saturday. Amen. Oh, you're meddling now, Pastor Arthur. Watch out what's choking the Word of God. The potential of the Word of God. The kingdom of the Word of God. God's planted seed inside of each one of you. You have a purpose. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, or entered the heart of man what God has prepared for those that love him. But he's revealing it. He's revealing it in seed form. In seed form. Receive the seed. Someone plants, someone waters, and God gives the harvest. God gives the increase. So you got to guard your heart from these hard ground, shallow ground, crowded ground. You gotta, you're the one that's responsible to cultivate. The next ground is good ground. What is it? Cultivated ground. It's guarded ground. You know what also brings in let me say this. Chokes out the word of God. It says the cares of the world. You know what that is? Worry. Some people have a PhD in worry. You'll be teaching about being anxious for nothing by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to God with thanksgiving. The peace of God surpasses all understanding. Will guard your heart, guard your heart, guard your heart, guard your garden and your mind through Christ Jesus. You can preach that and you go out immediately. Seed like this. It's like they hear it, but they don't receive it. And before they get to the car door, they're like, oh gosh, what are we going to do? Hmm? You know, I, you know what confession I use quite a bit? It's God will satisfy me with long life. I'm going to live long and strong. Some people don't like that. They're like, here. Well, you can't have that. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it won't come near you. Some people are like, no. You know which one? You're part of that 11,000 it comes against. <laughs> it ain't going to come against me because what? I'm going to plant it. I'm going to hide it in my heart. I'm going to cultivate it. I'm going to guard it against weeds. If the weed comes along, oh, no, 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 get out of here. No crabgrass in my garden, amen? I mean, no crabgrass got a takeover spirit. Oh, if you don't watch out. The devil will come along. How's he going to steal it? He'll use people to speak 
people that love you sincerely, but say, God, don't do that no more. The promises of God are yes and amen. amen. So maybe you're here this morning, you say, I'm good ground. I watch. I watch my mouth. I watch offense. I don't have hard ground. It says, I, I know, Pastor, it says, be you tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you, you forgive others. I know that my forgiveness is based on how I forgive others. I guard my garden. But look at this last verse. It says, But the ones that fell on good ground are those who have hair in the word with a noble and good heart. Keep it, keep it right, and bear fruit with what? Woo! With patience. And I'm not talking about the ability to wait. I'm talking the attitude while you're waiting. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and tired and wanting nothing. You got seed down inside you say, where's this orchard? Where's this life? Don't grow weary pulling weeds. Don't grow weary confessing God's promises. Don't grow weary doing good. For in due season, turn your neighbor and say, in due season, you'll reap. Amen. It's going to happen. That little seed, that little seed gets down in your heart. You put soil over it and it grows. Mustard seed faith can move mountains. Did you know that? The problem is not the seed, it's, it's the heart, it's the soil. And really it's not the soil, it's just how you cultivate the soil. What's in your soil? Is it hard? Is it shallow because of rocks? Does it have thorns? Is there, is there competition with God? See, see you, you seek ye first, you pursue what you value. Hmm? Do you come to church to hear God speak? Or do you just come to church when it's convenient? These are questions we have to ask. These are questions that you, Miss Marina had, me and Dina had brunch with her the other day. She says, why don't people take the, the mirror of the word and say, oh, it's not God's fault. It's not even blame the devil made me do it, right? It's not Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it. It's because of me and my unbelief. Unbelief. Jesus couldn't do any mighty works in his hometown because their unbelief. He marveled at their unbelief. Does God marvel at your faith or does he marvel at your unbelief? Hmm? Woo! Let's all stand to our feet. Everybody bow your head, close your eyes. I want our prayer team to come down. Miss Marie, Miss Bruce, would you come down here to the front? Listen, as they're coming to the front, you know, you got to be honest with yourself. Honest with yourself. What kind of ground am I? You know, some people are just hard ground because they don't know the Lord. 
first thing I want to give you the opportunity of salvation. If you're here this morning, you say, I feel like I need to be born again. See, we're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. You're not going to get to heaven coming to church. You're not going to get to heaven by all the good things that you thought you have done on this earth. You're not going to pull out a list and say, here you go, Lord. The only way you get to heaven, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but through me. You have to, you have to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross rose again on the third day and paid for your sins. You have to acknowledge that hey, I had a sin debt that I couldn't pay. Nothing could pay but the blood of Jesus. And when you believe that, accept that, you're born into the kingdom of God. You become the righteousness of God. You become the child of the Most High God. And you're in the kingdom of God forever and ever. And that's where you'll spend eternity. And guess what? That hard ground will start changing as you start hearing the Word of God because the Spirit of God will be inside of you. If you want that this morning, just come down and pray with one of these prayer warriors here in the front asking, hey, I want to know the Lord. I want to know how to get into the kingdom of God. And they'll lead you in. Every one of us have to come to the foot of the cross that way. Maybe you're here this morning you say, you know, I need to pray about I have some gods that go before my Lord. And I, I do have idols out there that I worship. I haven't been seeking the kingdom of God. I do have thorns. I do worry. I, I do have shallow ground. I don't have much of a root. If you just be honest and come down and pray. And maybe you're here this morning. You say, I feel like I got good ground, but I'm praying that I won't throw in the towel. Then in due season. See, there's a process to the seed. It gets in the ground. Got to be watered. Got to grow root before it can grow fruit. So you want to bear fruit, you got to grow root. So if the Bible's playing and you bow your heads, close your eyes, if you feel led for anything, a need, whatever it might be, let these people pray with you here this morning. They'll believe with you. And that's operating in the kingdom of God. Amen. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.